Hey everyone, it's uh, another episode of TGA, the Guardian Academy unofficial live. I am Scott, uh, Guardian number 112, here with my pal Vivica and our guest Courtney. Um, Vivica, introduce yourself and then uh, invite our guests to do the same. Uh, Vivica Valley here, Guardian number 10, I guess, um, here with Scott. And uh, just come on here every Tuesday at noon and kind of just wing it, interview some guardians, see what's going on in TGA world. And today we have Miss Courtney, who has been a guardian, I believe, probably longer than me. So Miss Courtney, if you can, uh, I guess, just introduce yourself and let everybody know how long you've been a guardian and um, what you've been up to, what you're working on. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Courtney. Um, I don't know the guardian numbers. I have no idea the numbers. <laughs> That's great, though. You guys can introduce yourself by a number. Um, I mean, yeah, I, at some level, I'm sure I've been a part of it since close to the beginning. Um, I, as far as introducing, like, who I am and what I do, I write things. Um, I've been a writer for quite some time now and really dove into um, that aspect of my creativity over the past, I would say, like, two years. And, um, yeah, just been able to use more, like, personal passion within um, those projects as prior to that, I was a copywriter. So a little bit about me. Love it. You know, Courtney, I've, I've only been um, connected to you on social media for a little while, but I, I do really enjoy your posts and you're an excellent writer. I, and I love the, the, just the energy and the, the transparency and honesty in your writing. Um, and I'd love to get more into that, but something that I'm always kind of interested in is like your origin story around the Academy. Like, how did you collide with this crazy band of misfits and ne'er-do-wells and, and um, what drew you in and got you involved in working, work, working your way through to the Guardian level? Well, so I really got into the mix through um, my boyfriend, Petey, being involved with his own stuff um, a few years ago. I mean, I don't even remember exactly when this all started. Um, I think that plus being a part of the CCA crew, um, I went through CCA twice. And the first time I went through, it was about a little bit over a year ago. So like a few different ways being intermixed in the group um, and going to a lot of the events that started as well over a year ago and meeting everyone in person, which was a whole different kind of wonderful experience. And I would say, I'm more familiar with um, CCA principles, and I'm sure that in regards to the Guardian Academy, like they intertwine, I mean, pretty synchronistically. And um, I think the principles within CCA that are taught are just a great guidebook for life that can be, um, oh, sorry, I apologize, it's thunderstorming if you can hear the thunder out there. Um, that can be you know, really practice and intermixed into all areas of life. And for me, being a part of this community, I think in a lot of ways, what first, at first hand, what it felt like to me is how to apply, apply these principles to business. Um, but for me, what was more important is how to apply these principles into like relationships and just to like self and how can I become a better person? Um, and then from there, you know, integrate into other areas and how that streams down. I love that. I say that all the time. I, I got, I kind of got into this world through crypto, but I stayed 
kind of for the business lessons. And then I was like, this is amazing for life, not just crypto or business, but actually life in general. So mm -hmm. that kind of resonates with me as well. So Courtney, what, um, if there was a CCA principle that you just adored or, you know, love to implement, what would that principle be if you had to pick one or two? Well, okay, I'll say it's, it feels a little cliche to pick this one because it's the most widely talked about, um, but truly, I would say is the most important is playing your own game and it can be interpreted in many different ways. Um, there was a way that Randy actually spoke about it, which I really loved. And I think it was something along the lines of um, like you're unique, like your specialness. And that has played its own course since originally learning about it up until now. And I think it's kind of an ever going journey of unlearning what we've been taught it's supposed to be like, or what we should do, what everyone else is doing, what we're taught to do through media, culture, family, upbringing, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's more unlearning than anything of like, kind of like releasing those layers of shoulds, have tos, and really discovering what does it mean to thrive in the unique design that I am, which even in like the concept of writing, I feel like I write in a way that is not quite the typical way to do so. And uh, CCA really helped me to let that be as it is and like build the confidence of it being its own thing that I don't think I've read anyone else write something in that format. Um, but not instead of feeling like, you know, because with my background in history and copywriting, part of what even took me out of that industry was trying to fit in with the right way to do things um, in order to create sales and to do marketing in a way that would produce results. Because I knew that the way I wrote um, it actually, and even how I got into copywriting was being pinpointed for a specific way of communicating to humans, like relationally that I wasn't ever really looking for a result. And it just so happened to create like a natural um, frequency of attraction. Um, and so playing your game when really like honed in on and excelled, I think it allows so many different types of humans exist in a room, which I really seen at these, um, the live events in, in a quirky and like misfit way where everyone gets to have the space to be themselves. And it allows each person in the room to thrive. Like Vivica, you being your unique self, like actually escalates the process of me being able to do so. And it, it's the only way for everyone to win and it eliminates unnecessary competition. I love that. Yeah, me too. I, you know, the, right before I became aware of the guardian Academy and CCA, uh, I was um, playing with the, the language of play your game, which was introduced to me way back in the seventh grade. It was um, the way that my English teacher described the message of the Bhagavad Gita. And, mm -hmm. um, so I was playing with this, like, play your, play your game all in, full out. All in is something I, I stole from Stephen Cope, who writes about the Bhagavad Gita quite a bit. And it's one of the more resonant themes with me. And what I love about your share is how, you know, th that idea of unlearning. And in my domain where I'm helping people that are plus or minus a few years from where I am, which is, I'm guessing, uh, at least twice where you are, um, you know, we, we, we are competing with programming and conditioning 
that we've lived most of our lives with no awareness of mm-hmm. and that, you know, some of us are lucky enough to have some kind of an awakening and become aware that we're, we're not playing our game and that the game we've been taught to play is not very fun and not nearly as rewarding as we thought it would be, even if we got all the trappings of winning, like fame and fortune. So I'm just curious about, like, I hear you that that message of play your game really resonated. Was there, you know, was there an epiphany that you came to before you came into the Guardian Academy or did the Guardian Academy kind of plant that seed? Like, hey, wait a minute, maybe I'm not thriving as much as I'd like because I, I haven't really just defined that unique ability of mine that I need to explore and exploit to live my true life's calling. Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't think it's something that can necessarily so easily be defined because I think the moment we define it is kind of like closing the loop and it removes the ability for that to be like an ever evolving journey. Um, I don't know that there was one specific moment that that really clicked of like where I wasn't. There's definitely, there's definitely moments of that, you know, where it's like catching myself or someone else says something and shares their story and it resonates in a way that allows me to see, um, you know, where I've been like evoking my own principle of such. But I think, I think through these principles within the Guardian Academy, I've been able to just kind of watch myself and notice where I, the thought process starts to spiral of like, for me, this is how it feels and and what it sounds like is um, kind of looking and like scanning to see how other people are operating within their best and comparing it to how I'm operating. And it's, I'm, I'm not immune to this. Like, you know, it's funny we're talking about this because I've been, I've been in the ringer with this a bit lately um, as I've really honed in on writing projects for myself and how I'll find myself just, just scoping um, whether it's on social media or other people in my life to look at how they're operating and trying to match the way I'm operating. And maybe that can be useful for like strategical levels of biz business or even life. Um, but I think for the most part where I catch myself and where that principle is sparked that I'm out of alignment with it is when I can find myself in deep comparison or even like story of labeling that the way I'm doing something is right versus it being wrong. And that I think the trap of dogmatism is also an easy way for me to point out where, um, because when we're playing our own game, there's a way to do so that kind of like I was saying earlier, it can't be defined. Like loops are left open. Like we're constantly in the the wonder and the uncertainty of what that will bring to us. Like we, playing your own game means you don't get to know how that's going to pan out in like in every single step of the way. Like you have to be open in order that to yield um, the possibility possibility of something we may not have ever experienced before. Otherwise, if we do know how every step along the way goes, we're most likely just playing off of the map of someone else's life. So I think there's a couple different ways. I try to check myself and stay in tune. And I've definitely benefited from being in a community of people who also understand that principle and have been able to share their story, their experiences, um, and it, and it impacts a lot to be around people who 
are allowing themselves to live in such a way and like thrive in their own uniqueness. But I'll say even to this day, there are times where I'm like, I just like, I don't feel like I fit in the room. Like it's, you know, in, in any community, I constantly feel that way. And I actually think that's like, that's a good thing. Like that's good news to feel that. I love it. So there's like, you said one thing that, uh, or you said, you mentioned unlearning. And I remember in high school, trying to have deep conversations with some of my friends and being like, we need to like unlearn everything we're learning. Cause it's just, you know, the rigmarole, they'll go to school, eight, you know, eight hours, blah, blah, blah. And they were so perplexed as to like, what it, even I was even talking about, right? Cause we're high school kids. Like, what are you talking about? But it became such a, a pattern for me in life to unlearn certain things, right. Or to maybe learn something, but immediately know that there's other angles or there's other you know experiences that people will come to with so I think unlearning is huge but I think that also plays into what you're saying about being receptive right like you can have the plan and you can play the game but you have to be receptive to other things or changes that are going to come down the pipeline and and know that there's other opportunities like you're saying or other other areas maybe where you you can't even imagine even going so Unlearning, I think, and, and receptivity are huge, and they kind of obviously interplay. So thanks for, for sharing that, because that's, yeah. I think, what TGA is about, too. Yeah, I think of it like a child when they're playing, like, some imaginary game with, like, whether it be, like, Legos or cars or, like, building a sandcastle. Like, they're they're constantly moving into the next thing without, like, they don't sit down to play with their imaginary <laughs> tools that they're thinking over their head, knowing what's going to happen next. Like it's a constant, like just awe and wonder of what could possibly we do with these imaginary things that in the real world don't exist. Um, So really at best, these principles are implied with children. You know, I know for us, we, because then there's much less unlearning. Um, But I think there is definitely an opportunity for us to be able to incorporate even as adults and continue on that journey where I feel like it's a lifelong thing to um leave those loops open where like we don't even to the day I die I don't I don't expect to know every every bit of how things are happening or why they happen etc so I really appreciate that so my the 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 screaming in the background is my grandson who's very unhappy about peas for lunch um Um, anyway, just just so everyone out there knows, no, there's no torture of young people happening in our <laughs> room. Um, when you were speaking to this idea, so there's a couple things that came up in in your last two reflections, Courtney. One is this idea that you know sometimes we are so fixed on a specific result or outcome that it, it inhibits our ability to actually play our game because our game is played in the here and now, present, mindful, conscious, aware, um, paying attention, right? And the process is the shortcut. The process is also the actual reward because all you can do is control the way you see things and, and what you decide and do next. Um, the outcome is kind of not up to you. It, it will unfold as it's going to unfold. And your job is to stay aware, be present, cr- reduce risk, create possibilities, try to decrease effort, compress time, all the things that you, you learned in, in CCA, I'm sure. But the other thing that leapt to mind, especially when you're talking about 
you know, the awe and wonder of childhood. And as I'm listening to my grandson Jasper in the background is when we say play your game, the operative word is play. Like it's, I think it's supposed to actually be fun. Like mm-hmm. it's not play the finite game of the pursuit of happiness where you must compete and you must win and others must lose and you must get more toys and more status and more stuff at others expense. It's play the infinite game of, um, you know, doing your thing out loud and in public and letting people watch so that the right people connect and, uh, you know, collide and, and, and come with you. Um, and then, but also allowing for everyone else to play their game. And so I, I'd love if you have any, any reflections or thoughts on just like you, you talked about sometimes feeling a little out of resonance with yourself uh, or, um, you know, being, having that dissonance. And I think we all experience that. Um, what are, what are some of the ways that you try to maintain that sense of awe, wonder, joy, pleasure, playfulness as you're doing your thing? I love that question. That's great. Um, so there's, this makes me think, and I think this can be practiced in smaller doses. There's something that's taught in CCA by Randy called the righteous hang where you, um, and I'm going to butcher this because it's been a bit, but you essentially like you have a, you have a day, let's say from like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. where there's no plans for that day and you have a certain amount of money you go out in public and you there's there's nothing on the schedule. You're just going somewhere with this amount of money. And um, by the time that that amount of money is up, like you're, you're done and you go home. But the whole point of it is that I think within like entrepreneurial journeys and busy schedules and commonly with like marketing and such, like there is outcomes we're looking to hit that you, you have literally allotted time where that is not the case. And I don't necessarily do like a long day of like this righteous thing, but I have practices in my life that allow for that to stay a constant. Um, And what they are for me is just things that make me come alive, whether it be baking, like I bake a lot of um, sourdough bread and ways that I can like get my hands dirty and learn something that I've never done before. It's a practice of playing piano, which is something I always wanted to do as a kid never allowed myself to. And even what I find happening when I'm learning piano is the ease that I'll get frustrated with myself when I can't figure it out right away. And I'm like, whoa, this is really interesting. Um, This is something I've never done before. And I like expect myself to be a master at it right away. (laughs) And if you had a child sitting there and you're teaching them and they're not figuring it out within the first few seconds, you're not going to like berate them because they can't figure it out. Like the whole point of it, as you were speaking about it, which I really love Scott is it is literally about play, which I think is a lot of the purpose of why we are here on earth is to play and to exhibit and exude that awe and wonder into every single thing that we're doing, whether it be like a daily mundane practice um, where it's not like I get up and I have, I have these list of things I have to do, but how can I incorporate just a little bit more of like awe and wonder into every bit of my day? And I actually think it's, very important that we find ways to do that, especially in the mundane practices of getting on calls or getting on meetings or picking up a child from a a sport. Um, So yes, it is like that 
bit of what I, you know, Randy teaches about righteous hang, but I think it's also how can that be incorporated into what I'm doing every single day as routine where I'm not getting so stuck in like the dogmatism of like, do this. And when I'm thinking about doing this or when I'm doing this, I'm thinking about doing the next thing. And when I'm doing the next thing, I'm thinking about doing the next thing, um, which I think takes all the awe and wonder out of being a human. Mm-hmm. I love that because, you know, my, my sister has been competing in uh, like strongman stuff. <laughs> so she's doing it like therapeutics. And um, she, she got really hard on herself after her last match or whatever they call them. And uh, I was like, Hey, just enjoy the moment. Like you're doing what you like, lo- like you're doing what really what you like, right? And you love this and you're into it. And this- I'm like, just, just enjoy it. Just like play, play with it. Right. Just do the thing, be happy with what you got and move on. And just, you know, and she's like, yeah. And she's just super competitive, but she was, she was always like getting down on herself a little bit. And I'm like, just enjoy the, like, just enjoy the plate of it. And she was mm-hmm. like, I, I'm going to do that. And she started enjoying it more. It seems so mm-hmm. I, I, I get that. That's, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like, even when I look at children's sports, <laughs> they become so competitive and like, you know, you can see the parents on the sidelines, like getting more worked up and upset about the outcome of the game than the children even are. And I'm like, well, this has been ingrained really young that it's more important for us to win than to have fun. And so that's, that is pretty constant on my mind and just um, whatever it is I'm spending my time doing, whether it be a business thing, a writing thing, just something I do for fun is, what is the purpose? Like, why am I actually doing this? And if it's for an outcome, like check myself, like recenter myself and remember, like I'm doing it to, to be in the consistency and practice of what it feels like to do such thing. And that really, you know, opens the door for that awe and wonder then to exist. Yeah. I love what you were saying about, I mean, I think all of this in some ways really ties together this idea of, you know, uh, playing your, you know, what does playing your game mean? How do you stop playing the game of life that you were kind of institutionalized to play? Um, and, uh, you know, and then, you know, how do you go about starting to dial in? And I love what you were saying too about like, we, we get caught in an identity trap when we say, Oh, I'm my calling now is I'm going to be, whatever it is. And then you fall into that fixed mindset of this is who I am. This is all that I am. And we forget mm-hmm. that there are actually many splendored creatures with uh, uh, an array of identities that we're, you know, weaving in and out and, and, and some inform and inspire the other. So, but the th- one of the things that all of your insights have, have reminded me of is that, you know, when I'm working with people that are, you know, what I call in that midlife transition, and they are trying to figure out what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Because they have been in that identity trap of career, or raising a family or what have you. And as that gets taken away, it can be a moment where you feel really confused and lost and untethered. And um, one of the, the, the frames that I've that I share is your becoming lies in being more of what you've always been being, being all those things you were as a child. You, you, you know, we are born sufficient and whole. Nobody, you know, we, we create talkers and walkers and bike riders and readers and writers. I mean, yes, we 
might have people modeling and encouraging and trying to provide some instruction. But largely, you do that without a manual, and you certainly don't read books and watch YouTube videos. And so that idea that that you shared around unlearning is unlearning all the crap that's come with the programming and, and, um, and conditioning of becoming adults growing up, which I think is a terrible thing to do. <laughs> growing older is optional or growing older is required. Growing up is optional people. Um, and how, you know, just start unlearning your way back to the curiosity and the fearlessness and, um, the awe and wonder that you're speaking to, um, so that you can, um, just live a more full, fulfilled, um, rich life without all the expect, you know, just quote Randy, the scrutiny and expectations of, of what the world society, your parents, your kids, mm-hmm. you know, expect of you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I want to just say, you know, and I'm going to, maybe we date ourselves if, if we know what this is, but Scott says, I don't want to grow up. And I said, I just want to be a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can't be a Toys R Us kid because there's no Toys R Us anymore, but I, I get the reference. <laughs> <laughs> you get the reference. I love that. Courtney, what are you working on? What can we, what can we share with the, with the team here? Yeah. Um, I appreciate you asking. I've been, as I spoke about earlier, like personal writing projects that have been, um, you know, as discussed, like the unique writing process that I uphold is it's basically like a conversation that I will be having with myself. Um, It's a way like writing has been a way in which I find I am able to take a question that I have in my mind that may be like buzzing, you know, a thought of like, what to do with X, Y, Z. And the writing process allows me to kind of like journey through it most of the time without an answer. Like it still ends with a question. Um, The writing is never meant to be a, like, here's what to do now. And like, now you have the answer. It's like a, it's a journey through the on wonder so that when you end, you're like, I'm still here without at this point. Now I don't need to know anymore what the answer is because I think having questions in life is, it's like the question itself is the answer, meaning we don't necessarily need to know exactly what it is in that moment. And so all of that to say, um, I wrote a book recently called Devoted and Devoted is devotion to self, devotion to God and devotion to men. Um, I'm really passionate about like the female heart and how it relates to other women, how it relates to men and how we really are able to connect and commune with ourselves amidst like a world that culturally may teach us otherwise. And I won't get too deep into that, but I think um, it's just vitally important, at least on my mind and in my heart to help women remember like from the beginning who we were created to be um, as devoted beings and what that really feels like and looks like in our life. And so this book is just kind of a series of, um, of that weaving and it's really messy. And I don't always, again, have the answer. And I'm like, I don't necessarily always know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring this out as I go. And 
I think it provides a sense of almost like maybe security isn't the best word, but like security in the process of not needing to know how it's all going to play out. Um, but trusting that along the way, the more we give ourselves the opportunity to have that connection to ourselves of like trust and integrity. I mean, even in regards to playing your own game, like I think I found a way to take what I learned through CCA and incorporate it in my own way of um, the marriage of feminine and masculine and all human beings and really like taking ownership of that within ourselves. So it's for men, it's for women, it's for anyone who can feel a similar sense of passion towards um, the rightness and the righteousness of recognizing that at some level, we all have connection to one another, like woman to woman, woman to men, men to men. We all have that. Like every woman has a little bit of masculine in her. Every man has a little bit of feminine in him. Um, And I think that's an important conversation. And, you know, the, the book goes a bit further into that, but that is, that is finished. So it's not necessarily what I'm working on. Like it's complete and um, it's available for purchase through success finder. Um, And I'm just continuing on the journey of that process of writing and seeing where it takes me, seeing what unfolds because of that dedication and practice that I have in my life, like in my home, um, in my relationships and letting that build um, a foundation and an open door for others to have the same whatever that looks like for them, of course. I love it. Congrats on that. Drop a link uh, maybe on this post to the book so everyone can go check that out. I will for sure. Yeah, it's it's not in hard copy form yet. Like I haven't published it into, you know, where people can physically hold it. So I will say it being a PDF, I highly recommend printing it off so you can read it. Similarly, that way um, the link will take you to the success finder. And if you don't already have an account, you'll have to create one and um, you pay to join the group and you automatically receive the PDF. So just so everyone's aware how that works. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And just to give, I mean, uh, I also am on success finder and, and some of the people that you've mentioned, um, you know, Nick, Dan, uh, um, Dr. Jeff, you know, there's, there is a wealth of uh, insight and inspiration on Success Finder. It's, and it's free to join and create an account and have access to some of the really profound wisdom by some really impactful leaders like Courtney and many others. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll drop a, a link to your um, Success Finder community in there. Um, Courtney, you know, I, lo- I love the, the theme of your book. Um, you know, as someone that grew up Irish and Catholic outside of Boston, uh, religious <laughs> language has a, formed a lot of the way I think about things. I love that idea of devotion um, to, to make sacred, um, you know, is, is such a powerful. Um, so I'm actually I'm, I'm, I'm going to go grab a copy of your book and, and, and dive in. Um, I think uh, I, I think we're complete here. I would really encourage anybody that's tuning in to uh, check. Courtney out on uh, on the socials and, and and jump into her success finder community. Uh, grab a copy of her book. I don't know about you, Vivica. This is don't tell any of our other guests, but this is maybe my favorite conversation <laughs> so far. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate I that. It. Yes, thank you yes, so much. I love it. Thank you, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Thank you both. Time. I really appreciate you having me on. This was great. All right. Thanks sure. very much. Mm-hmm. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week.